Risto Pakarinen joins us now uh, from IIHF.com and uh, the co-author of This is Russia, Life in the KHL. I want to get into that with you, too, and Risto in just a moment. But first, thanks for taking the time. Thank you for having me on. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about Petri Contiola? Uh, what is it about him that uh, would make him attractive to uh, the game in, to people playing the game in North America in the NHL? Well, if I were a Leafs fan, I'd be a little bit excited about this signing because uh, he's he is a super skilled playmaker center who's uh, who's been flying a little under the radar the last let's say four or five years, but but he got his chance in the especially in the, in the national team because he's been behind Nico Koivu and Walter Fieldplan. He's been playing third, fourth line position, but now he uh, in 2013. He got his chance at the World Championships, and as we know, he, he was uh, he was the best forward in the tournament, uh, led the tournament in scoring. He had great Olympics, and, uh, and then he came back to the Worlds this year and, and put up nine points in 10 games. So I think he's got like 25 points in 20 World Championship games, which is not the NHL, but it's he's proven that he can play it at that level. Well, I, I look at people who were on that team that we would know. Jan Bulis uh, played over here for a while. Andre Kostitsin was uh, second in scoring on the team. Contiola did lead. Uh, what is his game? He's six feet. Is he, he seems to be a wide body. Uh, is he is he an offensive player? How would you describe what he how how he plays? He's actually a pretty versatile player because he's like I said he's he can play wing and he can play in the center. He can also drop down to third, even fourth line. But he's he's very very skilled and he's an excellent power play forward he, he's uh he's the eyes very very well he's a great passer good shot he, he, he's just not i guess it's taken him a little longer to really mature and i think now is now is his time he's, he's finally ready yeah, well and he's been here before though right he was was he not uh, he was drafted over here and uh he has played a little bit here what what do you think has matured about his game that would uh, make you think that this time uh it, it's going to take he played with the hawks i think he played 12 games had uh, five assists was drafted in the seventh round by them in 2004 so he has a a a, a little taste of it is it just a maturity factor thing with him do you think i think it is some some people just it takes a little longer i mean you know some people are just they need to. I mean, it was really good for him to play in the KHL for for a couple of years and really be the the guy and the main man and lead the team in scoring. I, I I'll never forget. Uh, he was he was a twenty maybe twenty one year old kid when I when I first called him to to uh, interview him for the hockey news for a sh- short story and uh, and I asked him if it was a good time to call him and yeah sure it's fine I'm at the bingo hall and I and I and I thought that was. I pictured him there sitting with like 70 year old, 60 year old, old ladies fighting over for coffee packets and all that. But, but I don't think he's in a bingo hall anymore. I think he's taken everything a lot more seriously as you know, comes to hockey. Although he's a quirky guy. He, he's got a great sense of humor, but it's a little finish. Oh. Uh, so it takes a little while to, to get used to it. But he's, he's a very funny, very witty guy. And uh, I think it, it's just hell. And he's very hungry now. I mean, you know that he uh, he bought out his own contract from from Tractor, and he actually has to pay for that himself. And unlike Yuri Lechter, who who got a one point what two six million dollar uh, signing bonus, Leafs didn't get give that to to Contiola. So he has to pay that you know from his own pocket, which means that one point one million minus Canadian taxes minus six hundred thousand. He's not making a lot of money this year, so he's really hungry to prove 
mostly himself that he can play in the NHL. Yeah, well, and that's a good point because it, you know it, he is paying like it's six hundred grand, and it, it, you know put it all together, it, it's going to be a little bit more than break even for him. Uh, he, exactly. He was the leading scorer for Chelyabinsk Tractor, and and here's the other guy that we've seen, Leo Komarov. He, he was here a couple of years ago. I happen to love his game. I physically, he's he's. Uh, Every game he hits, everything that moves, uh, and that's an aspect of, that this team didn't have this year. I think they sorely needed it. But I look at his numbers with Moscow Dynamo last year, and lo and behold, he was their leading scorer. Now, that surprises me uh, because we didn't see a lot of offense out of him here. Uh, we did uh-huh. hear Dave Nona say that they expect more out of him. What is his ceiling there? Why, offensively, is is he gifted or is he an opportunist? How how did that work? Well, I think that's... Part of the reason he actually left the Leafs for, for, you know, in the first place and went back to the KHL because he thought that he had a better chance to make the Sochi team for Finland if he played in the KHL and played in the, the role that was not just not just getting four or five minutes and just not be the guy who only hits. And, and he proved uh, the Finnish coach that he could he can handle that. And that's why he wasn't a team, even though he was then in a different kind of role there. But I think Komara, and I wouldn't be surprised if I if I saw Kontiola and Komarov playing the same line. And, and I think that the fact that Contiello chose to leave the end was had something to do with that. That Comer was there and had just signed there, and and there was like somebody he knew that was on the team already. And, and so I think it's, it could be a great. I actually thought originally that Contiello could even have a chance to become the second line center, but then you know it could be tough. So, but Contiello Comer would be a nice third line. So you you kind of think that that we're really uh, we're not we're going to see an awful lot more out of Contiello than people are expecting. I actually think so, and I, I'm, like I said, I'm I'm a little excited about this because I I think he's, uh, he's definitely worth this chance. He's a, he's a he's a great player, and he's a great person, and I think he I hope he takes his chance and, and shows everybody that, that he really can take it to the next level because it, it is still a, a level for him to catch up. We're talking with Risto Pakarinen from the uh, IHF.com and co-author of This is Russia, Life in the KHL. I want to get into the KHL aspect to you in just a moment, but one other thing on these two. Did they play together for Finland? Komarov and Kontiola? Yeah. No, no, they didn't. Okay, but they do know each other, and that that does help. Tell me a little bit about St. Louis, because they made a big deal out of uh, signing uh, Yori Lethra. Is his game similar? If you you had to say of the two, of Contiola and, well, maybe even of the three, because Komarov was a free agent as well, Mm -hmm. uh, how would you rate them? Now, I personally would probably take Contiola first, but that's, you know, this is just a matter of preference. Because I I happen to like his... uh, Let's call it hockey IQ or hockey sense or whatever you want to call it. I think he is a very very smart player. Mm-hmm. Lester is not is is also a very smart player, and he actually had a bit of a breakthrough year last year. I thought I think his foot speed hasn't been uh, as good as it should have been. I think he, he's had problems with skating, and he and part of it is because he's he's a big guy. He looks a little clumsy, but he he can he can when he, when he starts when he accelerates he can he can get going. But I thought. I would take probably Contiella first, and then Lechtra, and then and then Comer, just because I, I like you know puck moving guys. No, no, that's <laughs> but, fine. Uh, yeah, and they are puck movers. We've seen Leo, and and you know I love, like I said, I love what he brings. If he brings any offense, it's even better. The thing with him was the the the, uh, the length and the price. Uh, but having said that, I don't have any problem with it. Listen, you mentioned you you co-wrote uh, this is Russia, life in the KHL. We don't know sure. an awful lot about that. Tell us a little bit about uh, what it is that uh, if you if you're working in the, uh, living in the, and and I guess playing in the KHL, 
What's the difference between the Finnish league, the Swedish league, any of the other European leagues, the NHL? Where would you put it? Well, hockey-wise, the KHL is definitely the, the best league in Europe, and there's no doubt about it. Right. But but at the same time, I mean, it's, it's and the, I think the biggest thing that people everybody talks about, you know, it's just looking at the map. Russia is huge. Even if you have the conference, they're still the the away games are just ridiculous. I mean, they and uh, well, I co you know I co-wrote the, the the book, but it's it's Ben Brickless story. I mean, he, he played there for two years, so I uh, so he told me that when he played for the Moscow area team, and when they flew all the way to the east to play, they tried to stay in Moscow time zone all the time. So for them, the games might have been they might have been noon games for them, or or they they try to find a restaurant because they were hungry after the game and it was in the middle of the night at that place where they happened to be, and so so that it takes a toll on you. The, the travel is such it, it, it's so tough. Yeah, it's big. It's big, but the hockey is good and and players like it. And, and I think the the country's changed a little bit in the last four or five years and uh, you know back in when the first Finnish players went there the first thing was actually Tero Lehtera who is uh, Yuri's uncle uh, and when he went there I don't think back then let's say 10 years ago 7 years ago nobody took their families with them the wives the kids they always stayed you know in Finland and Sweden Right now it's changed a little bit so so which makes it a little nicer for the players because they don't have to be you know apart from their families for eight months of the year. The business part of it, uh, is Moscow Dynamo folding? I, I, I know that uh, there's also Lada Togliata folded. Uh, is is the business working? I don't think we should consider or think about the KHL as a business at all. I think it's basically a propaganda vehicle. Ah, okay. And, and that's how we should think about it. You know, because it's hard to see any logic behind some of the moves. We just I just read the other day that uh, the Prague team that folded, or one of the sabbaticals that they seem to they they never fold they just call them they take a year off, uh, so they they say that they had to cancel the next season because Gazprom pulled their sponsorship from the team. At the same time, Gazprom pumps fifty seven million to two other teams in the show. So it's it's propaganda. Yeah, okay. Well, it makes sense, because you hear all of these things, and you kind of wonder what it's all about. I'm up against the clock. I, I, we, we'll talk again sometime, though, Risto. This has sure. been fascinating. Thanks for your time. Thank you. All right. On. Risto Pacarina, uh, senior hockey writer for IIHF.com, and uh, this is Russia, Life in the KHL, co-author of that.